state of life being a state of existence. You can't learn it in uh, colleges or universities. It's something that you live and experience. Welcome to Antipod, a radical geography podcast and sound collective. I'm Allison Guess. And I'm Alex Mullerton. Today, we'd like to invite you to episode two of the Antipod. We'll be your hosts for this episode, a conclusion of a two-part series dedicated to the life, work, impact, and vision of the late Dr. Clyde Adrian Woods. This episode is a continuation of episode one, which focused on the impact of Clyde Woods' work which was a subject of a 2018 author meets critics set of panels at the American Association of Geographies annual meeting. The panels were organized to honor Woods's development drowned and reborn, the blues and bourbon restorations in post-Katrina New Orleans, a book edited by Jordan Camp of Barnard College and Laura Polito of the University of Oregon. In the last episode, our fellow anti-potters, Akira Drake Rodriguez and Brian Williams, zeroed in on the questions surrounding gentrification, placement and displacement, capitalist development, man-made disasters, and the social visions of the so-called dispossessed. Brian and Akira's insights were derived from and within the tenor of Black geography as an emergent field, but they also engaged in the lush comments, poetics, and intellectual contributions of New Orleans-based organic social theorists like Sonny Patterson, Suzanne Mobley, Shayna Griffin, Khalil Shaid, as well as the music of New Orleans-based artists theorists like D1, whose tracks play throughout the first episode. As a polyvocal enactment of what Clyde Woods may have deemed its own blues epistemology, a term Alex and I will dive deeply into shortly, Akira, Brian, and a New Orleans-based social theorist ended the episode's Trading Licks. Trading licks occurs in music variations like blues, jazz, or in some cases hip-hop, when sonically one person might spit, play, or rap for two, four, or even eight measures. Trading licks is then followed by another person picking up where the other left off. With this in mind, lick trading might be understood as a core calculation of a radical Black methodology. It might also be safe to say that in many cases, it is a sonic expression of a Black social vision that a Black geography comes into being as Black liberation. I want to make a note about our sound. As in previous episodes, we have decided to maintain the original texture of our recordings. We want to keep the sonic variabilities and resonances true to our organic style. It is also for us a statement of our efforts to connect across different geographies. I think often, The labor of production gets hidden in polished, finished products. And we hope that keeping these episodes close to the grain will give something of a voice to the background work. So pardon us for any of those sounds and shifts marking or time-space travel. Those sounds from and off the background grounds us as a collective. So long.
In this episode, Alex and I will trade licks with Clyde Woods and many others in order to expand upon and unpack this thing that Dr. Woods identified as the blues epistemology. We'll also do the work of lick trading so that sonically you might hear this episode as a collaborative that works towards and insists on the desires of a Black geography as they are expressed through music, time, sound, and place. Alex, can you explain to our listeners who might not know what an epistemology is and also what the blues epistemology that Clyde Woods laid out means to you? Sure. Uh, An epistemology is a theory of knowledge. It is the way we understand knowledge of the world or the truth and accuracy of the statements we make about it. Put simply, we might say that epistemologies are about our ways of knowing. What Clyde Woods uh, gets at with, with the notion of the blues epistemology is an experiential understanding of the world that is tied to the black struggles for life and the struggles against the plantation system, against the systematic efforts to foreclose black progress. This is an epistemology about knowing and communicating the Black social reality, development, and environmental change in which Black life resides and struggles. I think what is powerful about Woods' notion of the blues epistemology is the insistence on the value of the sonic. What he does with the blues epistemology is to elevate the musical tradition to something that has purchased as a philosophy of Black geographical knowledge. As Wood says, and I quote him here, the men and women who performed the blues were sociologists, reporters, counselors, advocates, preservers of language and customs, summoners of life, love, laughter, and much, much more, end quote. The blues epistemology, I think, is not simply about the specific musical genre um, that is the blues. It includes jokes and stories, dances, and the range of performances toward hope against suppression and death. And I think, for for example, we can expand the tradition of the blues epistemology to include reggae and calypso. Uh, Woods himself did, in subsequent work, write about the blues and hip-hop epistemology. Now, this is also meant to to suggest that blackness as a lived social reality, a cultural identity, through the views of epistemology can be understood as refusing the containment of a definition that is tied to suffering and which voices critiques of the world and how the world is knowable. Wiz's notion asks that we pause to consider doing black geography attentive to the emotional, imaginative, creative, sonic and experiential aspects of black life. As for the containment of the blues itself and related black musical genres, they are powerful for their actual uh, lyrical content and masterful in terms of their ability to, to deftly render visible and clear the obscure logics working against blackness. And then, of course, articulate a counter-rhythm, so to speak. Uh, The bit I quoted earlier from Woods' work is from the 1998 development Arrested the Blues and Plantation Power in the Mississippi Delta. Um, And I encourage listeners to add that book to their library alongside 
which is book that is the subject of the panels that we are now discussing. The blues epistemology definitely insists on a different rhythm and thus a different order to which life is and could be lived. For me, Woods's idea of the blues is not just what could be or what might be, but it's also what already is. It's a way of living and being. I understand the blues to be an expression of both the spectacular and the everyday lives of a Southern underclass. And in this way, the blues epistemology stands in opposition to dominant understandings of time, imagination, and life. And with it being so exploratory and experiential, as you say, Alex, the defiant improvisation of the blues means that its depth will never fully be known. I think here we can also see how Woods uses the blues in turn to say how environmental beings and features like water also carried knowledge so deep that in many cases we will never access or know. As Catherine McKittrick work shows us, the knowableness of black geographies pushes back against assumptions of the so-called objective knowledge. That's stuff that we learn in grade school, like the scientific method, seeing with one's eyes, observing, counting, and so forth. And this isn't to say that practitioners of the blues aren't scientific. They are. And neither is it to say that one cannot use objective knowledge to learn more about the blues. We can. But it is to say, though, that the colonizer's science can't capture or apprehend the blues and other radical ways of thinking, knowing, and being. But you know who I think really emotes the blues epistemology and in essence, the black radical tradition, Alex? Uh, no, I'm, I'm keen on hearing who you think. Sonny Patterson. In fact, I was listening to this song by D1 featuring Sonny Patterson this morning and I was singing along and vibing out. I know some folk who break their neck and not for a check. I know some folk who break their neck and not for respect. I know some folk who break their neck and not for their pride. They break their neck for attention, they gon' end up paralyzed. I know some folk who break their neck and not for a check. I know some folk who break their neck and not for respect. I know some folk who break their neck and not for their pride. They break their neck for attention, they gon' end up paralyzed. <laughs> you sure were. Uh, vibing out, you were getting your whole life on. Yeah, I was. As my grandma used to say, I was trying to chirp. But anyway, can we take a couple minutes and listen to Sunny's feature now? Have her trade a lick with us so that sonically we can orient our ear towards this thing called the blues epistemology. Sure. Uh, I mean, you know, I only met Sonny Patterson once and I loved her power and clarity. Uh, she's from New Orleans and does much for her community. Uh, thanks for turning my attention or attention uh, to Sonny uh, Patterson Allison. I think we should, you know, have a, a two minute music break. I know some folk who break their neck and not for a check. I know some folk who break their neck and not for respect. I know some folk who break their neck and not for their pride. They break their neck for attention, they gon' end up paralyzed. I know some folk who break their neck and not for a check. I know some folk who break their neck and not for respect. 
I know some folk who break their neck and not for their pride. They break their neck for attention, they gon' end up paralyzed. We seeking something but gaining nothing, cause all too often broken hearts they lead to broken souls, yeah, and I suppose. But it looks good in the beginning, seems like you're living until the spending starts to end in. And all your kindred, they just get lost off in the wind and pick up fulfilling who in the bottom of the Bentley. If only we could listen to the secrets mamas tell us, we think in hell is really heaven. In heaven, just a question to be answered, not a blessing to be saved. Lord, save us from the wrath of a world gone cold. Right? So much is moving, but real love is on hold. So I propose right, that we go back to the beginning, before the ceiling started caving in. And we were spinning out of control when we were so young, so beautiful, so bold, so curious, so close to God. Before we got robbed of our innocence, gave into the ignorance, seeking attention from a system that could care us if we was dead or alive. Suffer to survive, my Lord, what you do to get by? Look, destroying our dreams where friends turn to fiends and jealousy and greed make a nigga do things. Lord, just take us back up to the source, the one force. Forever loving, forever living, forever giving more. Forever open doors for every reminder that you can fly, you can soar. Just remember who you are. Mm. Feel good. Mm. Don't you know use the star? Yes. Again, that was the song Attention by D1 featuring Sonny Patterson. Here, D1 and Sonny uh, speak to the saturation of competition, which is a result of geographical and social boundaries. They talk about the construction of difference. Patterson also helps us to imagine going back to the source. Or perhaps we can interpret this source not just as a mere rebirth, but also as a resurrection of a Black political consciousness and revolutionary way of life. We can also think about it as a blues proposal of a revolutionary decolonization. I think so compelling and rich is her reference to the bottom of the belly, which can be understood and heard in so many ways. For me, I hear and understand this bottom of the belly as an intuitive and creative space. To me, it's also about the place that blues people occupy between some sort of socio-political birth and its incubation. That notion of the bottom of the belly definitely resonates with, with me as well, Alison. It almost has to. You know what I think that bottom of the belly reminds me of? Tell me. Well, there's this quote by Catherine McKittrick and Clyde Woods in the first chapter of their co-edited book, Black Geographies and the Politics of Place. The first chapter of that edited volume. Mm. Uh, I think you mean the chapter titled, No One Knows the Mysteries at the Bottom of the Ocean. Yes, that's it. That's it. Exactly. Patterson's verse reminds me of what McKittrick and Woods talk about when they say this underside or this perception of the underside. Should we share that quote, Alex? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. Um, Again, this quote comes from the book Black Geographies and the Politics of Place, co-written by Catherine McKittrick and Clyde Woods. Uh, This is the quote. The underside is, for some, not an underside at all, but is, rather, the everyday, end quote. Uh, It's such a simple and a complex quote simultaneously. I find it extremely interesting and thought-provoking for a number of reasons, Alison, and and, you know, I could elaborate on those. But I I wanted to get your thoughts on it. What's your take on the, the blues epistemology writ large and this notion of the underside? Well, you know, I actually briefly discussed something similar at our Antipod Roundtable discussion on radical soundscapes earlier this year at the 2019 AAG in Washington, D.C. 
this underside and how it is expressed and experienced is something that I think about quite a lot. So of course, when Sonny Patterson mentioned this bottom of the belly, my mind went straight to McKittrick and Woods. But I also think that this underside has something to do with what I want to think of as perhaps a blues time. And if we can hear and feel the blues as time, then I think we can also understand the blues not just as a theory of change, but also as a method and tactic that generates and facilitates life across time and space. You know, as many of us know, settler capitalist time is quite fast. And because of its brutal speed, it extracts from our ability to live life and to live a full life. And because the song is called Attention, capitalist time, you know, requires so much of our attentions. So in essence, settler capitalist time yields in many cases some sort of desecration, wasted time, premature death, fatigue, and as the song makes abundantly clear, it breaks our necks. I think this is why Sonny Patterson's note on the bottom of the belly is not just about the trauma of suffering or the difficulty of struggle, but in addition to those things, it's also about the time that we still back to create new lives despite this underside. It's a different kind of model of development, I think. Often, I think it goes unnoticed, the experience of it a different creation and use of time that, you know, we not only live by, but is also how we can see and hear the blues materialize. Hmm. Hearing materialized. Alison, well, uh, now I definitely want to hear more about what you what you think. Uh, why don't we play that clip from the 2019 AAG um, of your diving deeper into, into this question? Personally, I'm deeply inspired by thinking about the work of Clyde Woods and the blues epistemology. And I think what I learned from Clyde is thinking about the interval, you know, like the interval in jazz, how it comes around time and time again. Um, And it's not to put forward a cyclical model of change, but it is to think about how we can reinvigorate and reassert and I guess in some ways resuscitate the issues that have quote-unquote passed. You know, what is the past? What is time? What are these constructions? And how do other people conceive of them? So I'm very much thinking about this podcast as method and interval and cycle and change, season, again, thinking with the land and what is has been natural for so long. Thanks for the work you do, Allison. Uh, first, one of the things that is striking about your work Uh, given the focus of our episode on Clyde Woods, is the similarity of focus between both of you on Black connections to land, time, creation, and spatial memory. I find this rather interesting because the relationships that you both focus on are connected to the plantation, racial capitalist extraction, and settler colonialism, but not reducible to the orders of race and the rhythm of social life that the plantation strove to create. And I say strove to create because your discussion shows how blackness escapes the discipline and the timescape of the plantation, the suffering of the plantation. When I listened to the entire discussion from that panel, uh, since I had missed the AG myself, another thing caught my attention, Alison. Um, And that was what you said about sound as theory and being. I think, again, you connect this idea to the notion of the underside or 
again, what, what Sonny Patterson describes as the bottom of the belly. Perhaps we can play that, that clip. Sure. Allison has brought this up in previous conversations, so I'm just mentioning this so that maybe you can talk about this a tiny bit. And it, it also stems from <laughs> Ruth Wilson Gilmore's comment in the introduction to the latest, um, the 2017 edition of Development Arrested by Clyde Woods. But Clyde Woods talked about the blues epistemology as a way right. of seeing you know, the world and understanding the world. But that was a bit of an editorial shift. He originally intended or wrote that as the blues ontology. And so soundness theory, I think, points us towards thinking of the, the ontology of theory, and theory is inseparable from being in practice. And I just want to open that up if anybody wants to follow up <laughs> Anybody. Oh, jeez, that's fine. Sorry. Um, yeah, well, you know, thanks for jogging my memory. So yeah, essentially what Dr. Gilmore was talking about is that, you know, Clyde came into this context of thinking about the blues as an epistemology. And I guess, you know, at that time, they had had conversations going back and forth as to whether we should think about it as an epistemology versus an ontology. And I think now, you know, thinking about Woods' work in in this aftermath, if you will, I mean, one thing that I, I always thought about, especially when I first came into grad school and encountering more and more of Clyde Woods' um, work, is that, you know, the blues, you know, regardless of if we want to think about it as an epistemology or an ontology, or I would just say like an auto-epistemology, one thing about the blues is, is even though oftentimes, you know, these are sad, meaningful songs, it's also something that you groove to. It's something yeah. that you move to. So... Implicit in that is this notion of life and what I always talk and write about of abundance, you know, so it's not just that we're all doom and gloom. I don't believe in social death and maybe we can think about civil death perhaps, but, you know, within this context of this song, of this music, of the blues, there is also life that comes forth. So we, we have to think about it as a specific kind of being and thinking about theory as a way that does show us how to be. I mean, we can think about that and extend it to thinking about sound theory, perhaps. What does the vibration do to the body? What does it do to our nervous system? How does it change and reshape us as human beings on this land? What are the pulses and the currents of the ocean? What do they say and do? Knowing that that which is land is also within us. And something that I've been writing about more recently, so sound as theory is something that is also embodied something that's lived and it's something that carries charges in the work that we do and how we think and know the world because theory is in essence a proposal of understanding things so the way that we think also in many ways defines the relations that we create and and recreate and have with one another that's so powerful the idea that what knowledge is and how we can go about knowing it are always entangled We have to really think about how we are being and knowing in the world. And I take your call to think about what ripples through us, what resonates, what resounds with us and drives us, what vibrations, what are the noises that we are drawn to or or that we drone out, what are the harmonies we seek. I can't wait to read what you're writing on, Alison. I can't wait to see it published. 
I also think that what's particularly insightful, uh, given the, this podcast, is the way that you focus on location, right? And, and our podcast is being produced from different locations over many hours, um, engaging with recordings from what would be considered the past, right? These AAG sessions are in the past, but they find so much resonance here as we share it. But you also raise a really important point in calling us to think about how the rhythm of our lives, especially those of us working in areas of justice or who are scholar activists, can recuperate ourselves and envision and enact more abundant futures. And I think you are right. We should be able to name the kinds of exposures and denials of humanity in the law or, or really through any form of institutional racism. But do a naming that does not forget this, the reality of struggle and life. Now, if, if we return to the notion of the bottom of the belly or the notion of the underside, I, I think it does so much work. I think it does more than name a location. Uh, rather, it names a perspective of struggle that is worth paying attention to a perspective that is operating on a different frequency or perhaps a counter vibration or put differently, an experience which refuses just to accept the terms of marginality or exclusion or work within the limits. As Sunny says in her verse earlier, this perspective does not seek attention from a system that could care less if we were dead or alive perspective that really knows what it means suffer to survive to survive. I think that's a good point to have sonically linger and stand in as the thought to end this episode. A fitting thought to end the episode. You have been listening to Antipod, a radical geography podcast brought to you by the Antipod Sound Collective. This episode was hosted and written by both myself, Alex Moulton, and Alison Guess. This episode was edited by Darren D.P. Patrick, Alex Moulton, and me, Alison Guess. It was produced by K.T. Bender, Alison Guess, Alex Moulton, D.P., Edward Drake Rodriguez, and Brian Williams. As always, we'd like to thank the Antipode Foundation for their generous funding and support of this project. We'd also like to thank Sonny Patterson, Susan J. Mobley, Jordan Camp, Laura Polito, Shayna Griffin, and Khalil Saeed for their inspiration, as well as Will Guest Jr. and Christopher Echelhoff for providing their technical and discipline-specific clarifications on blues and jazz genres of music. Finally, this season of Antipod would not be possible without the life, work, and wisdom of Dr. Clyde Adrian Woods. May he continue to transform us and move us as he rests in eternal power. Hey. Hey. Hey.